0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We have a special series that we have rolled out called The Doctor's Corner, where we will be interviewing some of the most well-respected and prominent physicians across the globe. Our second guest is Dr. Robert Walker. Dr. Walker completed his orthopedic residency and internship at the University of Arizona, the Phoenix campus, and a hand surgery fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic. He earned his medical degree from Ohio State University. Dr. Walker's interests include hand, wrist, elbow, and shoulder surgery, along with tendon and ligament injuries, arthritis, fracture care, joint replacement, and reconstruction. Dr. Walker currently practices at the Desert Orthopedic Center in Arizona with three other physicians. They have an amazing team and have truly been helping the Arizona community out. They have clinics in North Scottsdale, Old Town Scottsdale, and Glendale. I'm extremely excited to have Dr. Walker on the podcast to talk about why he got into orthopedics and what makes his
1: practice unique. Thanks, Rob, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Scott. Absolutely. So why did you become a doctor?
2: Well, I think I, there's a few different reasons I became a doctor. My grandfather was an orthopedic surgeon, so I always saw that growing up. I didn't really know what he did when I was a kid, but I always thought it was pretty interesting. And then growing up, I think when I was about 14, my dad actually died from a heart attack. So I was always kind of interested, like, why did that happen? Different things prevent it. So I got into health and fitness a lot. And I think when I was like the youngest, the first job I wanted to do was like, I liked playing in the sandbox when I was little. And I feel like this is a distinct memory of like when I was four, I wanted to be like a ditch digger. And my mom's like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then for a while I wanted to be an architect. But then after my dad died, I was like, oh, why did this happen? So then I really did like a lot of research into it and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'll go to med school. I was thinking about being like a cardiologist or interventional cardiologist. So that'd be pretty cool. And it is, it's a really cool job. But then in med school, I understood more what my grandpa did. I really got into orthopedics because I had a mentor in med school, Dr. Davis, and he broke things down in a way. He was saying, do you want to be a manager or do you want to be a fixer? And that's just kind of like an overall gestalt. It's a little bit of an oversimplification of what you can be as a physician. But I was like, oh, I like fixing things. I like, there's a problem and a puzzle and you kind of just fix it. Versus some people really like to manage things and adjust things and tinker with things like diabetes, medication, things like that. And that's not really fits my personality. So I kind of like fixing things and like seeing how it goes and getting people back to doing what they want to do. So that's kind of how I got into being, I guess, a physician and also like orthopedics. So, yeah,
1: I love that. That's amazing. That's an awesome story. So you have a practice now. Yes. Just came out of fellowship. Yep. What makes your practice unique?
2: What I think is nice about our practice at Desert Orthopedic Center, the guy who started it, Sarum Ahmed, he's fantastic. He really has a good vision for different cutting edge things. Also, he is fine with me using whatever type of implant I want, which is really important for me because I think that we find something that's pretty reproducible and works. But as newer implants come out and they've been tested and the research there, you never want to be the first guy to use something, I feel. It's like riding a roller coaster. You don't want to be the first one on the roller coaster, but you don't want to be the last one. You're like, oh, that roller coaster is great. So it's, (laughs) it's a good track record. The research is there. It's nice to be able to have that flexibility to use that. And I feel like being a smaller private practice group, we have a lot of flexibility in being able to use what matches up to the patient. And I really tailor that, especially for any of my joint replacement surgeries. I think it's nice to have a plan going in there. And a lot of the companies have those plans. I think the plan is almost more important than the implants as the implants get more and more similar. And I know there's certain things that certain companies have that's better for a certain patient. But I think the planning software that we have now, with like the imaging has gotten so much better with thin-slice CTs and MRIs. What do they say? If you have no plan, that's a plan to fail. So if you go in there with a plan and you have plans A through Z, if you run into any trouble, which is a normal part of like surgery and just life, you can really get in there and get the best outcome. I think that's what really sets our practice apart is we have that new cutting edge stuff that's been tested, more adaptable, and we have really good plans going in. He has that experience, which is great because I can bounce things off him. And I feel like I had a really good training and, and fellowship at Cleveland Clinic.
1: That's amazing. And I feel like to your point, you are not held down like a big group where you are standardized to use a certain product. You use whatever's best for the patient.
2: Yeah, and like you can even mix and match stuff. So, I have some cases tomorrow where I'm using one company for this certain thing and another company for this other thing because it's a polytrauma patient. But I was like, I really like this company's implant for this, and I like this company's implant for that. And I don't know, I just want to do what's best for the patient. So, it's, yeah. it's nice because, like you said, sometimes it, like bigger places, and I, I get it, you have that need to kind of standardize things. It's hard to have a big inventory when stuff gets big. Because they're not as agile. So they have these contracts and it saves money. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to bring things in that's a bit more patient specific and matched for them. And I I really appreciate that I'm able to do that in this practice.
1: And for everyone that doesn't know, what do you do at DOC?
2: I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I basically do everything except for spine uh, right now, but because I did residency. Uh, University of Arizona here in Phoenix. I had a great experience there, did a lot of trauma, some joint replacements, but my really passion is upper extremity. I did a fellowship in that. So I basically, what I say is I do shoulders to fingertips. So shoulder rotator cuffs, labrums, replacements, do elbow replacements, Tommy John, wrist scopes, elbow scope, shoulder scopes, the whole gamut of upper extremity. And then um, anything uh, trauma wise, I really like kind of getting people back out there doing what they want to do.
1: What's your favorite?
2: My favorite surgery probably is a uh, thumb CMC carpal metacarpal arthroplasty just because I just think the thumb is such an interesting joint. This is going to get like nerdy hand doctor talk. The thumb really sets us apart from the other animals and like they talk about like your prehensile grasp and like the way that the brain had to develop based on the thumb and how a lot of that, that and being bipedal a little bit, but We can use tools and tools really open up your entire world, like airplanes, cars, all these things that animals don't have the ability to do. I mean, obviously our brains too, but I think the thumb is just so interesting being a hand surgeon and somebody who has that thumb arthritis and can't use their thumb. That's so debilitating and being able to treat that and get them back out there using their hands. I mean, that's how we interact with the world.
1: So I'm going to change the pace a little bit. Yeah. What do you look for in a good medical sales rep kind of in the OR? How can they help with your patient care in the operating room? Like what do you look for specifically in those guys?
2: Yeah, I think kind of just in life in general, some people say 85% of the battle is showing up. So it's huge if the reps are just available phone call text wise as a physician, I try to always be available too, even if I'm not like on call or it's not my patient, I try to find the right person. And the reps that I really enjoy working with, they're like, Hey, you know, I'm out of town right now, but here's so-and-so's contact information and you don't have to like give up your entire life, but that's great. And then the really good reps are super familiar with their product, take the time to familiarize you with it. You can do labs with it and that way you get comfortable doing it. I like to be prepared for everything. And I think the the good reps are available. They know their product inside and out.
1: Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this podcast. In light of teamwork, I wanted to leave you with a quote. Babe Ruth once said, The way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if you don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime.